Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Took it well. I wasn't aiming it at him at, at all. If James is in the house, I would have picked on him because he's a big walking billboard for Jesus. Now, if you've got some uncovered displaying tattoos, it's time for you to tattoo and clothe them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's exciting to be together. It's exciting to have the opportunity to be together. It's not, we're privileged people. Uh, talking about privilege, man, America won this week. America won this week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, blessed and excited about that. And, uh, and as a very much happy dad, I got my daughter in the house. Nuki Nix, nice to have you. Everybody know what my daughter looks like? You guys stand up. She's a, come on, stand up, Nix. It comes with a turf, sister, as a preacher, preacher kid. Yeah, she, this time next week, you're going to be 30. I've got to continually think that she's not this little girl at home anymore. Even though when they come home, they kind of just behave like kids anyway, because they just, uh, what's for food? What's for, what's happening? Yeah, hallelujah. Linda, 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 come on up here. Where's Linda? General, come on up here. Where art thou? Don't hide, sister. This lady. Woo, we are eternally grateful for a Linda. Hallelujah. Uh, so it's her birthday. That's why we're making a fuss of her. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Linda. Happy birthday to you. She's the general. Hallelujah. We love you. They ser- her and Tom serve unconditionally, just they're behind the scenes all the time. And so, waiting for her to preach, but she still hasn't given me a, a note that she's Not ready. Calling. Not your call. Uh, we love you. God bless you. Okay. Valerie, you don't have to confess to everybody what you've been and you have and have not done. You cannot keep Valerie quiet. If there's anything on her mind, she'll be saying it. Yeah, she just tell the truth. Timing, sister, timing, timing. Hallelujah. Don't miss next week. We're going to have fun together. We're going to uh, celebrate together. And I want to warn you, pre-warn you right up front. We're going to tag all of you because the pastor is now totally scribbled and doesn't know who's who in the zoo because there's so many new names. I don't know who's who. So you're going to all get tagged and you're going to write it big and don't write it like a doctor. <laughs> write it properly so we can see. Okay. And um, so... I just want to pre-warn you, and we're going to have communion together, we're going to have a meal together, and then we're going to let you loose on your summer. So we're looking forward to exciting July, and um, so um, come expectant to fill your tummies, fill your spirits, hear the word, and we're going to be celebrating that, so excited about that. It was great being able to share the word last week, and uh, yeah, it was a week ago, um, I was talking to a gentleman, he says, man, Sundays come around quickly. I said, you, you don't know how quick they come around for me, because I've got to keep being standing up here. And they said, just speak from your heart. I said, listen, every Sunday I've got to get up and feed the sheep. I can't talk a whole lot of dribble up here. I've got to keep making sure that I have something to share. And so by God's grace, and uh, if you all knew my journey and never passed an English exam in my life and all that kind of stuff, it's a sheer miracle. 
this donkey's up here speaking, so hallelujah. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share the word of God. So Father, thank you. We're so happy to be able to share around your word today. We really thank you that your word brings illumination. It brings transformation. And Father, we, we thank you for the revelation because it really just brings us into more likeness of you. And that's what we need, Father. We, we need to be that light in, in a world that really needs some light, that really needs to know that you're a good, good God, that, like we sang today. And so we really thank you for the opportunity to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So well, we've been punching for the last six months, the goodness of God. I mean, just the, it's the year of his goodness, and you've got to see it. As, 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 um, as uh, Fred was saying, he says, you've got to look around and just got to stop and, and realize how good God has been to us and how blessed we are. And so we've been, we've been pushing at it. And last Sunday, I just already unpacked not so much the prodigal son, because that's just a wrong interpretation of the word prodigal, but we, we spoke about the prodigal father, and, and uh, just to remind you again, the definition of what prodigal means is it's exceedingly generous, lavishly wasteful. There's so much abundance with God, then he just showers us with it. And if you don't get it the first time, you'll just keep showering it on you a second time and a third time, and he's just like that. And so, um, He's so lavish that he sent his son, the best heaven had for all of man's sin and and every sinner. Now, you talk about lavish. I would have been really selective saying, listen, these guys, forget it. You're not getting getting the son. I would have been selective. But he says, no, every human being has access to the forgiveness that my son purchased at Calvary. That's the, the, the exceeding, um, generous, lavishing, um, and to us, we think it's wasteful, but no, not for him. He's just got more where that comes from. If you think you can outlove him, forget it. He has more love than we know what to do with. And so um, it, it kind of permeates, and, and we become this prodigal heart that he wants us to have. He wants us to be that exceedingly generous kind of people that, um, that, that will reflect him. And, uh, and so it gets us to change. And while I've been talking and those that have been standing at this pulpit been talking about the, the exceeding um, um, generosity of God and the goodness of God, it just changes you because you say, how can it be that somebody can love somebody like me? And, and even though I've just messed up and I've had a few straight words with my wife on the way to church, he still absolutely loves me, kisses me all over, even though Valerie came with a different set of wheels and was not, I'm just using it as an example. Um, I would never try and do, have a few words with Valerie. It just will not go well with you. But it says that the, that, that the goodness of God draws a, a person to repentance. The, the Father's goodness draws us to repentance, that metanoia, uh, change your mind. And that's what brings me to today's message. And today's message I've titled, God's goodness is in us. God's goodness is in us. And, and, I, and I want us to be those vessels that God uses. And we need to be uh, uh, just drilling down a bit in, in it today. And so, uh, so the Father's love has, uh, has positioned us, has empowered us to be the prodigal family to be these lavishly generous, exceedingly generous people in our, in, our, in, our, in our life. And so he has empowered us to do that. He hasn't told us to do this out of our own strength. You can try and do this Jesus thing in soul power. I want to tell you, you're going to burn out. You cannot do it and you'll mess it up. 
But you need to understand that he's empowered us to do that. Not only has he saved us, but he's connected us to family and he's commissioned us with power and purpose. And it's so exciting that we get to do that. In John 1, 12, it talks about it, and I've mentioned it last week. As many as received Jesus, to them Father gave them the right to become children of God. We are allowed to be part of this family that just permeates this exceeding generosity because we've got to be like our dad, father like son, daughter like son, and uh, daughter like father. So we under need a, So the father's purpose is for us to, to, to represent him as this prodigal, as this. So we just, we receive his goodness. We're the receivers of his goodness, the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness. We're the carriers of God's goodness because we, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We display his goodness. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Paul says, be the imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so here we have this opportunity to display God's goodness. That kind of puts us in check and say, am I displaying his goodness? And then we get to dispense his goodness. And then we become these vessels of generosity and exceeding um, um, kindness and, and, and being able to, to, to lavish love on people. And so here we have the... Uh, 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 they always remember Val's sister always said, we are born to be a blessing and we're born to be blessed. We're the, we're, God has said, I, I, have, I brought you into this world because I want to bless you, but I also want you to be a blessing. And that's what I'm really wanting us to, to see today. Because Psalm, the, the psalmist writes in Psalm 23, 6, he says, for surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And we, we, we sang it. It says, and he's going, goodness is running after us. It's always running after us. And so we, we need to just get in step with his goodness, get in step with his, the understanding of his goodness. So those, those with Christ, those in Christ have access to his goodness and his mercy. I want to talk about three different understandings that we need to have as believers, three understandings that we need to have. Um, so we need to choose intimacy with Christ, not only knowledge of Christ. You can know all about it. I mean, you can, you, you can be acquainted with Val and know her. You can be a close friend. But I want to tell you, there's another level that I have with Valerie. Whew. She is the, I'm married way above myself. Way above myself. But I want to just say that the same thing is with Christ. You can have all this knowledge and come and have this library. Oh, Rod said this, and, and, and Joey said this, and, and Jerry said this. And you have this library of information, but have no intim intimacy with the, with the Christ, the Savior. And, and God is saying, I want you to have this intimacy with me. Because when you do, these three things you need to understand. And the first thing is, is that God is with you. God is with us. That's the first thing. God is with us. God is for us. God absolutely loves us. He's for us. And so, and he's placed us into family. It's important that you see how Isaiah wrote about it. Isaiah, obviously, he, he wrote about things to come. He wrote about things that were happening. He spoke, he spoke about Isaiah 9. He says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and, he's, and his name should be wonderful, counselor. He was announcing Jesus. And here he announces about this relationship that God has with us. And it's in Isaiah 43, verse 1, it says, But now, O Jacob, which is, 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 is part of the children of Israel, Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. 
Oh, Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So he's talking about, he's called out one. Out of all the tribes and all the people on planet earth, he called out Abraham and he, he says, I'm going to take that lineage and I'm going to manifest myself in that lineage. I'm going to guide that lineage. I'm going to teach that lineage. I'm going to allow them to display me, that lineage. And so he, uh, Isaiah is talking into that lineage today. Oh, Israel, the one formed uh, who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. Jesus came and ransomed us, purchased us back for, for, from sin. I have called you by my name, uh, called you by name. You are mine. And when you go through the waters, deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulties, you will not, be, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of, of, of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I really have to finish already. The alarm's going already. Hallelujah. <laughs> and here you see God saying, listen, you're not alone. If you're going through tra- challenges, if you're going through the valley of the shadow there, do not fear because I'm with you. We spoke about do not fear because I'm with you. I'm right there with you. I'm your family and I will walk you through it. And, 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 and Jesus is with us. You've got to understand God's with us and those whose hearts are towards him. James talks about it in James 4.8. It says, uh, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And it says, yeah, come close to God and he will come close to you. There is this whole mutual intimacy that he's, that he's beckoning us to because there's such goodness that gets transferred in that place. He says, I'm with you. You're not alone. Gets tells Joshua in Joshua 1.9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You're my peeps, man. You're my people. Each one of us here that are, that are responding and have invited Christ, he's your, we are his peeps. We are his people, man. And you've got to understand that he's with us wherever we find. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Though he be quiet, it doesn't mean he's afar from you. Though he be quiet, he's right there. John 14, 18, he says, I will never, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You're so concerned when you're speaking to the disciples. He says, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to go to the cross and then I'm going to be buried in three days. But I'm coming back. But then I'm going to go to the Father and I'm going to send you a helper. I'm not, I don't want to leave you as orphans. I want to be with you. I want to encourage you that God is with us. God is with us. It needs to understand, you need to understand that. And then it goes on and, and, we, and um, we know him as the Prince of Peace. And then John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give with you. I give you. What is the name of peace? His name's Jesus. The Prince of Peace, his name is Jesus. How about the Great Commission? The last few words before, beam me up, Scotty. Before Jesus headed off to, to be with at the right hand of the Father, he commissions us. And Matthew 28, 20, it says, Jesus said, be sure of this. Church, be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Man, it's, it gives us a confidence when we're out there that we're not alone, that God is with us, and we need to understand that. We understand that one of God's attributes is that He's omnipresent, He's everywhere. And the, and the psalmist writes it in Psalm 139, verse 7 it says, I can never escape from your spirit, I can never get away from your presence. 
If I go to the heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, thank God, you are there. If, you, if I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the, far, the farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me, your strength will support me. I could, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to, to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. So I just want to just tell you those people <laughs> that are kind of saying no to Jesus, you can't hide from him. He's right there. He's waiting to love you. You just got to understand that. You better give up because he ain't going to give up. There's no place you can hide. No club you can go to. No den of iniquity you can do. No, no, no abuse you can do. He's right there. And he's waiting for your will to say, hey, dad, I give up. <laughs> I'm coming home. I'm coming home. So God wants to know that, uh, us to know that he's with us. But more importantly, as born-again believers, he says, I want you to know that I'm in you. Second thing, he says, I'm in, uh, God is in us. Believers have Christ, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit resident within. Galatians talks about it. Jesus, uh, Paul writes, uh, writes about it as, as, uh, as he does in, in, in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, in this earth suit, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I understand that he is now resident within us. Now, and I'll speak more into that and bring clarity. But Paul writes to the church and says, this is a mystery I'm telling you about. It's a mystery. Colossians 1 verse 26, it says, The mystery that has been kept hidden from ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the, to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man, Paul wants to get this mystery known, not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, he will come and make his residence within us. Within us. I want to bring clarity that, that you are a spirit being. And the scriptures talks about it, and I don't have time to unpack it all, but we are a spirit being. The real you is a spirit being. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so we can see you. You have an earth suit. We have an earth suit that contains it. And when we finally breathe our, our last in this earth suit, it has, becomes ash and dust, as the scriptures would say. But then our spirit and our souls live on. And so we have the situation where, where, the, where God is in us. Where is, he, where is he in us? And we need to understand that. We need to understand that uh, Christ is in our spirit. He, 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 he connects with our spirit. And, and, and last week I spoke about the father, the prodigal fa uh, father. He, 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 tells the, he tells the servants, he says, my son, kill the fatted calf. My son was once dead and now is alive. He goes to his, the, elder, the elder son and he says, I just want to let you, remind you that your, your brother was dead and now he's alive. Was he physically dead? No, he was relationally dead. We are relationally dead outside of Christ to God. He has no legal access to our lives. He has no legal access to our spirit man. And when we invite Christ to come in, the Holy Spirit comes, connects with our spirit. And that's why we have the term, we've been born again. Because if you really want more understanding, go to John 3. 
when, uh, when, when, when uh, Nicodemus, uh, the religious guy says, what do you mean I need to be born again? Do I need to get in my mother's womb again? He says, no, unless you're born of water, which we, the waters break when mom, mom gives birth, and of the spirit, which is g- being born again, you allow the spirit of God to come in by invitation because he just doesn't barge in to your home, your house, your earth suit and take over. No, it comes by invitation. That's why we preach the gospel saying, you must invite him in. And when you do, you become born again. So God, Christ is with us. And so we see that it's so important um, in salvation that our spirit gets born again. And then that's when we, that we understand that God is in us. And so 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, do you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Now, Paul, I mean, this is Paul's writing. This Paul is, is explaining to us that they used to have a temple where the, the, the presence of God used to come. He says, no, forget that. We are now these temples where Holy Spirit comes and resides. So God is in us. God is with us. And so in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, and when you have this light shining in, in our hearts, but we ourselves are, are, fra- are fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. These earth suits have got this great treasure within us. We have the Holy Ghost within us. Romans 8, 11, it says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Church, you've got to understand, man, we're a ball of fire. We are, we are, we are, we are dosed with the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Spirit within us, and we need to be aware of that, that we are a walking carrier of, of God. Got to get your head around that one, eh? He comes and takes residency in us. We are God's home. It takes another story on how we need to behave and how we need to talk. He's not far away and hiding away. He's everywhere, and he's also in us. So, man, it's all over by the shouting, eh? <laughs> Ephesians 3, 16, it says, I pray that from this glorious unlimited resources, there's this, this, this abundance of God again. He will empower you with the inner strength through, the, through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will, be grow, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Man, you've got you to you take this, this understanding. It may be the first time you're hearing it, but you've got to understand that Christ is in you. The Spirit of God is in you. Allow it to take root in you because it starts infecting you and affecting you. I, can, I mean, I can preach until I'm blue in the face, but I can't, I can't change a hair on your head. But the Holy Ghost in you, there's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. Hallelujah. And when we trust in the Father, we understand that he starts, he starts coming and starts working from the inside out. I heard uh, Reinhard Bonker, I don't know if every, any, and everybody knows Reinhard Bonker. He was an incredible evangelist. Uh, just graduated recently to go to, to, to be with the Lord. Incredible evangelist. Val and I got the privilege of working with him and his team. And he was preaching one day and he was talking about inviting Jesus and God into your life. And he was talking about it and he's trying to explain it to the people that have limited education. And he says, it's like um, inviting him into your house. And when you invite God into your house and you've taken all the time to do the renovations of the attic and you've made it and you decked it out and you've given him that space to live in. 
So the God come into my house and the attic, I've decked it out. I've actually put a whole bathroom there, walk-in shower. I've done everything. I've rented it just like you want. You welcome him in and, and he has us access to the attic. And then suddenly you come back and things are stolen in your house and things are missing and, 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 and the sickness. You say, well, God, I, I've invited you into the house. What's happened? He says, yeah, but you only gave me the attic. You only gave me the attic. Remember that story, because sometimes we just say, God, come into my life, but you only have this department. And if you only have that department, then all the other crud takes place in all the other parts. And so you need to allow Holy Spirit full access to the library, to your bookshelf, to your mind, your thinking, because it's stinking thinking sometimes. And he'll come in and, 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 and do his tour. And, and, and what's your meditation? Are you allowing him in areas of your life? Are you allowing him to do that? Are you allowing him into the kitchen to check your appetites? Hey? Ow! Addiction. <laughs> Habits. <laughs> Desires. Can you look in your pantry and see what there is? Good, healthy stuff? Yep. Um, anyway, we're moving right along. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want to know, I want to tell you that when he comes in, this is what he'll do in your house. He'll dispense love. He'll dispense mercy, grace, forgiveness, and, and do a metanoia on you. A metanoia is change your mind. Saying, now I need to clean out this stuff. I've got to get rid of this sugary stuff in my pantry. I've got to get rid of all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and, uh, but it's, it's, you've got to understand, if we just allow him into the attic, you wonder why sometimes you're just having a tough time because you haven't given him access to your whole body, even your physical body, even your, 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 your every, every decision you're making. Have you filtered it and say, Dad, is this a good idea or a bad idea or I need a God idea I really do I need a God idea at this time and so we need to understand that but I want to say to you church that something while I was studying about this this week that sometimes we in all our walking with Jesus and loving Jesus eventually we move him out of the house and we put him on the fringe we put him right outside why do I say that because if you if you, if you read Revelations chapter 3 now, people that oh, keep asking me about revelations, I'm not talking about revelations, okay? So you can, you can give me a break, okay? I'm talking about revelations now. Revelations chapter 3, and I want to just start with just verse 14. Verse 14 says, write this letter to the angels, to the messenger, for the church in Laodicea. Verse 20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I thought, man, I've heard that a whole bunch of times in my Christian life. I understand this. Man, I've been told that there's no door handle on the outside, that you have to open it from the inside. So it's my responsibility to open the door and let Jesus in. And it's the unsaved person. That's all. Evangelist, he will preach this, man. But you don't understand that he's telling the church in Laodicea, I need to be back inside and having wined and dined with you as friends. He's not talking to an unsaved person. And you can preach this at, as at an unsaved person. But we, in the sound of my voice, 
Have we put him outside? Moving right along. Hallelujah. Last thought, last thought before I close today. God through us. I need, I need us to understand that God wants to work through us. He wants to work through us. Famous saying that D. Harris, our sister, would say, we're the vessels through which divine favor flows, preventing the misfortune in the lives of others, church. We are the conduits. There's no plan B. It's not a come hocus pocus out the sky. No, it's us. It's us. There's no plan B. We are it. If Christ by the Holy Spirit is resident within us, our purpose is not only for us that he be there, but for others. And, D, uh, and Maria preached a fabulous word about being saturated so that you just ooze the Holy Ghost. An example from Scripture shortly after the day of Pentecost, Peter and John at the gate, passing the gate beautiful on the way to the temple to go and pray. They are uh, uh, faced with a lame, lame man begging. And in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Peter said, look at us. This is the beggar. Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Now, in the faith movement, that would be a bad confession. Not allowed to have a bad confession like that. You always, you anyway. But Peter's, Peter's being honest. He's going to pray now, so you better be honest now. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, the Nazarene, get up and walk. He had something within him, church. And that's where God passes through us to a needy dying world because we become that conduit. We become that vessel through which divine favor flows. And we need to understand that's our responsibility. Peter understood that residing within him was the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And I'm not just talking, well, this is Peter. This is this boy, holy boy. I tell you what, anybody that receives Christ is just as holy as Peter. Set apart, and you are the same vessel that can use and dispense that same power. If I can encourage you today, don't wait for the preacher man up here to come and pray. No, you lay hands on that person at the checkout register at Walmart. You're the one that goes and pray for that parent and in the, while you're waiting in line to pick up your child. You're the one that needs to go. Why? Because the same Christ is resident within you. I also want to tell you that there's no baby spirits and big spirits. Holy Spirit's the same size, whether he's an eight-year-old or in us, a hundred years old. Same size and does the same work. An amazing thing. Hallelujah. So we got to understand that. Allow the Holy Spirit to pass through us. It requires us to hear and obey. It requires us to have a relationship. Because sometimes we, 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 you know, we're eating good pizza and we, we say some crazy stuff. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and listen to him. Listen to him speak. I always bring it up. It's not in my notes, but Smith Wigglesworth, man. When he had a prayer, and that he prayed, I told you before a few weeks ago about coming to that deaf and dumb, two people, deaf and dumb, side by side. I said, well, the Bible says, lay hands and pray and they'll be healed. Because that's what the Bible tells me and that's what I've seen other preachers do. What does, what does Smith say? Father, what do I do? He says, touch your lips, touch your ears, tell them to speak and hear. Bam. 
Ha, the next person also deaf and dumb. Let me do the same. What does he do? He says, Holy Spirit, what do I do here? He says, rebuke the spirit of deaf and dumbness. Bam. We've got to hear. Sometimes, I mean, like the, the hanky that I sent with Jerry. It was like instantaneously, microseconds went through my head. And it happened as I touched my, put my hand in my pocket to pray with him. I felt, whoa, that's what I need to do. It came to me in a microsecond. That's what God's doing. He's, he wants you to be instantly ready. You've got to have this, you've got to have this conversation with Holy Spirit all the time. They, when, when they said to Smith Wigglesworth, do you pray for long? He says, no, I don't pray for long, but I don't go long without praying. I have this constant dialogue with, with Holy Spirit. And, and, and this is what we need to understand because I've got to be a ready vessel for the master's use. How can we dispense and how, how can we display this? Well, it says in Romans 8, let me just say this one, 8.14, it says, for all who have le- are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. So we've got to, have, got to get our antenna up and you've got to learn it. But listen, try. I'd rather fail trying than not try at all. And what's, what's, what's the deal? We just need to do that. Our words is one way that we, we dispense our words, um, it, it, we need to understand that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And man, we're so quick to talk death over this nation, over, the, uh, over every situation around us. Get a grip of your tongue, hold your tongue because it has life and death. Yeah, Jesus talks about it here. Um, it's quoted by John in John 6, 63. The spirit alone gives the eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. So don't get any accolades if, if somebody's raised from the dead because you laid hands on them. And I'll explain a bit about that just now. But it's, it's, it says here, human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. You've got to understand when you're dialoguing with people and you're speaking with people, in amongst that, I'm asking God, saying, God, what, is there something I need to say? Something I need to pray? Something I need to announce? Something I need to remember to pray for these people? While I'm having this conversation, I know, I know women are very good at that. They can do multiple conversations. But us, miss, us men must jack, sort our lives out and get, get, get on with the program. Because we've got a Holy Ghost on board. We can now ask Holy Spirit at the same time while we're speaking. Because sometimes people are talking a lot so you can listen a lot and you can ask God a lot in that time, okay? <laughs> I just want to just throw that out there, okay? Um, but, but, but we announce our words. Then our ways. I don't want to tell you that the people don't read the Bible, they read you and me. And so your ways say something. Your ways Announce something. Your ways. It says preach the gospel and when necessary use words. I've heard that say, yeah, but you still have to use words. But I wanted to say is that you are a billboard. And I say, if that's what Christian's all about, hey, forget that. I ain't doing that. Because sometimes we're ugly. And if you know the Holy Ghost is on board, you'll hold your tongue. You'll hold your actions. You'll be watching it. Our works is our love displayed. You know, love is a, a, as a doing word. Somebody who doesn't know English too, too well, I know that love is a doing word. I have to do something with love. I can't just talk about love. I've got to do something about love. And it's a doing word. So it's, it, the, the words that we are, we, we dis, we're dispensing something from the Holy Spirit when, when we, in our actions, in our work. We're also the ambassadors of Christ. We reflect and we, and we display it. We represent uh, the Holy Spirit. And 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, For God was in Christ. 
So God in, came and baptized Christ with Holy Ghost when he got water baptized and empowered him to go and do the ministry. If Jesus needs the power of the Holy Ghost to do ministry, what do you think we are? We have to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. And he says, yeah, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. You understand that right before Jesus even got to the cross, he was dealing with people in such a way, not counting their sins to them. He already knew I'm going for, I'm paying, I know that I'm gonna pay forward in these people's sins, whatever they're doing right now, even the guy that, that stabbed him with a spear. He says, I'm going to the cross right now and I'm gonna be paying forward for these guys. And it goes on, it says, and so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So come on, church, we are the vessels through which divine favor flows. So I better land this plane here now. Fragrance of Christ, last thought. Of, we are the fragrance of Christ. What do you, what do you smell like? What do you smell like? Are you smelling, smelling like the, 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 the fragrance of Christ? Read the scripture, 2 Corinthians 2.15. Our lives are Christ-like fragrance, rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived different by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. You understand your fragrance can get up people's noses. Your happiness, they just don't want you to be happy. They want you to be sucking on pickle juice. They want you to be miserable like them because they're listening to rubbish. I refuse. And I wanted to say, I am married to the happiest person that anybody could ever be married to. There is nothing. She's like a cork. She's just, no matter what comes her way, she's just buffing back up. And no matter how bad the situation is, she'll find something to laugh at. Her and her sister are ridiculous. So Dee said, Dee is now on her deathbed. She says, you understand that, you know, in a couple of months after I've passed and I'm with Jesus, every photo you look at, I'm going to be younger than you. <laughs> Because Valerie's gone, up, gone past, eh? Right in every moment. But we are the vessels that, that, that dispense fragrance. What are you smelling like? Casey Price, faith man, faith preacher man. He says, the best friend I ever had told me I stank. I said, okay, what kind of friend is that? He says, because I never had friends because nobody ever told me I had such bad body odor. <laughs> and my best friend told me I stank. He says, and that's, and sometimes we need to tell Christians, you stink, you know? You know, you're not smelling good. Your fragrance is bad. You need to change it. Change it. We need to be the fragrance of Christ. And when you invite Christ into our hearts, into your hearts. So we're, we're the, these dispensers. We're the, we're, we're the UPS, we're the FedEx, we're the Amazon. So don't get all puffed up thinking, man, I'll bring this wonderful gift to this front door, deliver it to them and tell the people it's from me. No, you're just the brown, boy, brown suited girl in the UPS that just delivered the thing. <laughs> you just delivered it. So when so Holy Spirit uses you to pro prophesy a word or bring a word of knowledge or bring a word of revelation or, or, or see a miracle and signs and wonders and, and, and prophesy, don't get all big headed about it. You're just the UPS. You're just the FedEx. Reality. But I get to, I get to deliver this wonderful gift to the front door and hit the, do the button and say, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's what we've got to understand. So when we have this gifting, this love, this good news, we understand we're the dispensers of it. 
Oh, I've preached myself happy. Hallelujah. Uh, so church, we are the, we are, we are the vessels. We're the vessels. And lastly, I just want to say that you have this incredible opportunity to release healing into people's lives. Mark, Mark says so, Mark 16. It's in 18, it says, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I tell you what, church, don't shrink back. Don't think it's odd left with the apostles. Forget it. Read the Bible, man. Read the Bible. Don't read other people's sermons and notes. Read the Bible. It tells you. And we're the vessels through which divine favor flows. So church, I want us to, man, I've got nine minutes. So you, oh, no, I'm, I'm 11 minutes over. Yeah. <laughs> thought I was just about to give myself a pat on the back. Hallelujah. So church, I want to just, I, I want to give you a moment. I want to give you some time today in the service. I want you to stop and realize that, Firstly, that God is with us no matter where you are, no matter going back to a, a challenging home situation, a challenging work situation, whatever challenge you have, God says, I'm right there with you and I'll carry you through. I'm also, I'm going to be, I want you to know I'm in you. So don't try and pray for a God that's far away. He says, no, I'm right here. Say, Father, I know you're right here with me. Help me. And then, man, Let's become conduits that are well-used conduits for God. And so today, I, I, I want us, and I pray and dismiss you guys. I want you to stop and say, God, who do I need to go and say hi to? Or just tap on the back or go and pray for or just bring a word. I tell you what, if you just put your antenna up, you'd be amazed what Holy Spirit wants to do through you. And even if you go and greet somebody and say hi and thanks for coming and everything else, you, you're being a blessing. So church, don't, don't cut yourself short. You, we, we are plan A. Well, there's no plan B. Nobody can. Some of you, you people can get to areas I can't get to. A lot of us can't get to. There's certain people out in that redneck land out there that only Jerry and Sam Bertha can get to. <laughs> and understand. Because I don't understand those boys out there. They talk funny. And I know that you're trying to work out how I talk, but anyway, you, you're doing good. You're nodding, at least some of you are nodding. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm closing in prayer. Start up. Hallelujah. Father, thank you.